It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, good morning. Happy New Year once again. Uh, it's Utah Car Sense. Austin Horton here. Eric Jensen producing for us today. And uh, joining us from a safe social distance is George Roska, General Sales Manager of the Midtown Location. Good morning, George. Happy New Year, sir. Good morning, Austin. Happy New Year. Good are, to be here. Are you NFL guy? You know, I'm not a big NFL guy, but I can I can hang there with, with uh, some NFL talk. Because today is the first day of the playoffs. It's the wild card round. Uh, we've got six games this weekend, three today. Uh, the first one this morning, the Colts and the Bills, I think has potential to be an all-time classic. It also has potential to be an all-time stinker. We'll see which way it goes. But I'll tell you what, this is the second best uh, professional playoff sports weekend all year long, second only to the divisional round weekend that, that follows the wild card. So I know Eric's excited. Eric hosts a uh, NFL podcast called the End Zone Pod on Twitter, if you want to follow that. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, End Zone Pod on Twitter. Yeah, I'm hyped up. And uh, uh, I, I am as well because my Titans – I think they're going to repeat what they did last year. We'll see, though. I Fingers crossed. I got bad crossed. news for you. Oh, yeah? You're going with the Ravens? Lamar Jackson looks really good right now. I think they're my Super Bowl pick. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, can he tackle Derrick Henry, though? Can he play both ways? We'll see. <laughs> but anyway, I'm excited. We're, we're geeked out over football today. But we're also excited to be talking uh, with, with uh, George about cars again. We're excited to take your phone calls at 855-340-ZONE. And George has been uh, benevolent enough, charitable enough, generous enough to put uh, a really cool prize on the line for one lucky caller today. George, what do you got for us? Let's get your oil changed. You know, it's a new year. Bring your car down. Your oil changes on us. Uh, and if you don't want to come down, we'll even include the free pickup and drop off on this one. So a free standard oil change, pick up and drop off within 20 miles there, of course, for one caller today. What we do is we take all the calls and we put them in, a, in random order at the end of the show. Eric picks a number for us between one and ever, however many calls we've had. And the random number that pops up wins that oil change in that drawing at the end of the show. So get your phone calls in, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. And the poll question today, we're going to get into uh, the Share the Love event wrap-up, and we're going to get into fourth quarter numbers for 2020, at least what I've been able to find and what George has for us in a moment. But the first thing I want to talk about today, George, is a an article I saw. Uh, I believe this was – where did I see this one? Uh, it was on Motor Trend. The 15 coolest car names of all time, according to Motor Trend – and some of them I agreed with, and there were some egregious absence, uh, absent uh, names on that list, in my opinion. So I'm asking the people today, 855-340-ZONE, you can answer our poll question, which is, what is the coolest car name ever? And that can be, I'm, I'm thinking more model name, like, like Stingray, Mustang, Raptor, those types of things. But if you had a name that you named your car, 
you can call in and share that. My first car I na- was named Quicksilver. No real reason. I just liked Quicksilver at the time, so I named my car Quicksilver. Uh, really, really. I can see you dumb. doing that. <laughs> but you know, the 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 Utah kid who surfed like three times in his whole life named his car Quicksilver. Uh, whatever. But you know what my favorite one was? Yeah. I, they didn't bring this car to the U.S. This was a a, a Japan only thing. But Toyota made a car, I think it was like during the 90s, that when they they were trying to kind of compete with GM and then they were trying to take on Hummer. And they made this thing called the Mega Cruiser. And it is crazy looking, but it is, I don't know, I always thought it was such a cool name, the Mega Cruiser. The Mega Cruiser. Oh, oh, it looks like a... uh... Uh, an army vehicle of type of sorts. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Hummer type of, of car, but it was it was a Japan market only, and it was it was so big they couldn't even like drive it down Japanese roads at the time, say, so they discontinued it. But I was gonna say, who in Japan would would buy that? That is a logistical <laughs> nonsense car, really for here too, but <laughs> right. especially in the small streets of Japan. Uh, yeah, it looks like a car that you would see driving around in the opening credits to the show MASH. Uh, so uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it was, uh, oh, there's a Top Gear episode where they drive the Mega Cruiser. I'll have to check that one out. So let us know. I'll have to watch that. I haven't seen it. You can also call in with any questions, comments, or stories you have as, as well, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you today. George, let's uh, let's talk about the Share the Love event now in the rearview mirror, which is always sad. It's bittersweet for me, the, the show following the Share the Love event, because a lot of good is done every year during the Share the Love event. Uh, the This was the 13th annual Subaru Share the Love event, where, of course, uh, participating Subaru dealers like Mark Miller Subaru, uh, for every you, or excuse me, new uh, purchase or lease Subaru, uh, for just over a month or so, the end of November through the first part of January, they, they Subaru donated $250 to a charity. And if you chose one of the four local charities here that Mark Miller Subaru sponsored, Mark Miller Subaru matched that $250 donation for a $500 total donation per purchase of new Subaru during that event. And we had Spy Hop. Uh, the the uh, school of sorts for uh, adolescents to get into the media arts, whether it be movies or radio or music or or uh, working on computers and, and IT and that sort of thing, of software coding uh, and, and building. Uh, we had Nuzzles and Co, our furry friends uh, who adopt out the kid, kittens and dogs. Uh, for for uh, the rescue uh, unit there, we've got we had the uh, fit to recover people who are really really doing uh, Yalman's work in our community of getting uh, addicts uh, healthy again, and, and of course uh, we had the Wasatch Community Gardens and George. I don't know if you have a figure for us yet. I don't know if that will be forthcoming, but just talk to us a little bit about. The Share the Love event now in the rearview mirror, what it did for the morale of your employees, for one, and the what how it was received this time around by the customers. Yeah, um, I don't have official figures yet. I think those are still being tallied up. Um, I know we've been reaching out still to a few customers um, that we had done some um, some purchases remotely. 
that didn't make it into the store. So we're still reaching out to them to finalize their selections. But um, I know at the, the Midtown store, we sold around 180 new cars during that time frame. Um, I'm, I'm assuming our Southtown store was real close right around there as well. And I know we had over 80% of the selections go to the local charities. And so we were able to really maximize our match um, because we matched that $250 that Subaru was doing with, if you picked a local charity, we matched it with an, with an extra 250. So with us being over 80% in that and then selling around 350, 360 cars, I'll have to get the, the final totals from Jeff. Um, but that's, that's over probably $150,000 just doing some rough math. Um, just going straight back to our local communities here, to these great organizations. You, you mentioned them earlier. Um, I don't really have a favorite, although the, the nuzzles are, are always awesome, but they all do such a, an amazing job that um, I think they're all worthy of, of the money that, that was raised. So um, it was really cool because when a customer came in, we, we got to talk to them about, you know, you go into a lot of retailers, a lot of dealerships, and they, they always talk to you about the big sale and you're here for the, you know, 0% and the money off. And that's great. And, and, and we have that too. You know, we've, we had some zero percent. We had some incentives as well for the holidays. But what we really wanted to talk to people about was the Share the Love event and how we can give back in a way and how they can be part of that as well through their car purchase. Um, so it was really cool. People were really excited to make their selection. Um, we had a couple boxes set up so they'd go and drop in um, just this little uh, Christmas tree ornament. Um, they'd drop it in there and, and make their selection and they got to keep one for, for their keepsake and put it up in their tree at home. Wow. Uh, so it, again, 80% or so went to the local charities? Yeah, I think it was over 80%. Wow. Um, and, and we were making a big push. The charities themselves were making a big push. They came down. Um, they, were, they were talking to people on, on, the, on the showroom. Um, they were also reaching out through virtual means with, with COVID going on. And so they did a great job activating it. And so we were able to, to really maximize that, that donation that we were doing. Wonderful. Awesome. Uh, and the, not to say that the the Subaru uh, the corporate sponsored charities are not worthy of your choice either, but I really like to see the local spots get the love and, and get the money, uh, especially at a, a year where, I don't know, I, I, we, we did the annual uh, Road Home uh, Mediathon uh, like we do every Christmas time here on The Zone with the, a bunch of the other radio stations in town. And I expected donations to be down. Uh, just because, you know, I didn't know how, how many people listening could afford to donate this year. And actually, they set records for uh, the donations in, in certain areas, in certain categories. So I don't know what, what I was expecting from the Share the Love event. But to hear that this was the year that Mark Miller Subaru was matching for those local charities, that was fantastic news. And I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll do a lot of good for those four local charities we talked about. So, in fact, if you're listening today and actually took part in the Share the Love event, either by uh, purchasing a, a new Subaru, leasing a new Subaru, or even going in and getting your Subaru uh, tuned up with an oil change, because you also, guys, you donated $5 per oil change to the Share the Love event for those uh, services as well, I'd love to hear your experience, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE, and we'd, we'd like to publicly thank you for participating and helping those local charities during that time. George, uh, 2020, uh, we were expecting uh, some some reports, some forecasts of a about a 15% uh, hit uh, from year to year in the car industry as far as overall numbers went. 
The fourth quarter is still, I think, in some areas getting uh, typed up and tabulated. But for the most part, the fourth quarter numbers have come in. And uh, automakers, according to Car and Driver, have emerged from 2020, a challenging and unprecedented year. And some did so on a high note. Eight months weren't enough for the industry to fully recover, though, from the low point in the spring. But a strong, if somewhat unexpected, recovery began in the summer and continued through December. Is that uh, similar to what you guys were experiencing at Subaru, uh, at Mark Miller Subaru this year? Did you see a strong finish to the year? We did. Um, it wasn't as, as strong as the rebound that we saw in the summer. Um, but a lot of that is also, you know, inventory driven where maybe we have the, the cars more in the summer than, than we do now. But uh, that's not to say inventory is bad. It's just a lot of these uh, cycles sometimes are driven a by demand, but also by inventory. So you gotta, you gotta look at that side of it as well. But yeah, I mean, we definitely experienced a, a sharp drop off when, when the COVID first hit, you know, when the shutdowns came in place, everybody was, was really scared, including us. And, you know, we uh, were doing some work from home. We were, we were having employees social distance. And so uh, we definitely saw a big hit then, but uh, through, through the summer, we saw, uh, yeah, more than we expected, I think, um, the, the demand coming back super strong. I think people wanted to go out and do things, but they wanted to do them in a different way. They wanted to road trip maybe more. They were going out to their national parks, trying to basically social distance where they could. And so I think um, that's why you saw that that heavier uh, increase in demand in the summer. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing well. We're, I think we're down around seven or 8% for the year. Um, I haven't seen the final numbers there as well, but I think after everything that everybody's been through, if you're lucky enough to be still be open, then I, I say that you've done a good job. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about surviving, uh, in a world where a lot of uh, businesses are not so fortunate. And so that's a win. Uh, and then it's gravy. When you see that the projections were around 13 million cars uh, for this year after the pandemic hit, that's what experts were expecting. And now they think that they underestimated that. They think it's going to be closer to 14 and a half, 15 million uh, total cars sold in 2020. So it was a good bounce yeah, back for seeing. the industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, around probably 15 million will finish. That'll be a good, good year. Do you know of uh, any examples of people that came in and used their stimulus money? Uh, as a, like a down payment or that's what uh, got them feeling more comfortable to make that car purchase this year has is that a story you've heard definitely yeah we saw people when when the stimulus checks hit they were using them for down payment um they were using them to maybe cover some negative equity that was in their their trade-in um pay down some credit cards and just get a better um credit score you know doing it that way but yeah i think anytime you put money um in people's pockets, they're going to go out and spend it. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, maybe another round of stimulus will, will help, uh, with, with the economy. I did see the unemployment, um, number. It was the first time since April that we lost jobs in, in December. So I do think the economy still needs some help. People are still out there way too many people on unemployment looking for, for, for jobs. Um, maybe that took lower paying jobs than they had before. So I think, yeah, another round would definitely help help that out for sure. Uh, Subaru, uh, it says here, sales declined by 13% over the year. And in December, though, saw sales increase 2%. Both the Crosstrek and Forester 
performed better than the rest of Subaru's lineup each seen annual sales declines of 9 and 2% respectively. Nonetheless, the Crosstrek was up 48% in December. George, that still looks to be the darling of everybody's choice right now at the Subaru lot. Yes, it is uh, hard keeping some Crosstrek models in stock. Um, we've seen demand increase for Crosstrek more than any other model, maybe even other than, than Ascent when it first came out. Um, so it's it's been interesting. I think the, the small SUV market's growing. Uh, Crosstrek was kind of the leader. It was the first small SUV really that came out. Um, so people love it. They're, they're great. They're safe. They're fun to drive. Um, I, I bought one this year too. So I, I'm definitely part of that trend. You bought a, a hybrid, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, I've been loving it. Uh, I've, I've got a plug-in, um, uh, the Crosstrek model. Uh, they're talking about, um, there should be some news coming up here in the next few auto shows about a full electric maybe coming out with Subaru. So um, keep your uh, keep your eyes State on that. Side? But no, I... no, go ahead. I was guess, is that full electric a stateside thing, or are we talking just in European markets? Yeah, stateside. Oh, um, wow. I, I know that they put out the news that they're going to release it first in Europe, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a few months later that it comes stateside. So Very cool. I think it's going to be it's going to be a big deal for for Subaru and Toyota. It's going to be kind of a joint venture. Um, so I'm really excited about that because I really liked driving that car in EV mode. Um, it's it's super smooth. It's so quiet. Um, you don't really realize how much noise comes into the cabin. I guess from the engine when you're accelerating. Um, so it's, I call it kind of my spaceship. It's just kind of just zooms off quietly. <laughs> yeah. I, I had an opportunity to ride just around the block a few months ago with, or not, I, was, I guess this would be over a year ago now with, uh, Jeff in his hybrid, uh, cross track. And that was a smooth, smooth ride. It didn't have the, you had the, the feeling of uh, a regular car ride. Uh, but without the, the engine mulling, but I didn't feel like I was going to be blown off the road by a, a stiff breeze either, like I do in some EVs. Uh, and not to say that they're not heavy cars, just it, it, it feels different the first time you get in a car and it feels like a golf cart rather than a, v, than a, a combustion engine that you're used to. And uh, this time around, or that, that time around with Jeff, I was really, really, really intrigued. And you say there's a full electric tease happening for us coming stateside that's that's great news now here in utah i would anticipate and you correct me if i'm wrong i would anticipate we will end up being one of the last markets to get that fully electric is that a, a good pro prognostication i would i actually i'm going to say no on this oh, okay. one uh, the rumor is and, and nothing's been confirmed so we're just we're just speculating yeah but the rumor is that it's going to be a 50-state uh, launch. So cool. we're, we're going to get them at the same time as everybody else. So it's not demand And I think that demand okay. is going to be super strong here in Utah. I think that car is good. There's going to be a waiting list for probably a year to get that car. I, I hope so, uh, especially when I, I look at the uh, this article uh, that I saw on KSL uh, yesterday about the inversion, uh, of course, that we see every winter and how – uh, we've moved from uh, uh, okay conditions into moderate now uh, because our storms have not really produced uh, this this winter so far. Uh, and the EPA, we're still within their, their threshold, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's threshold to not move into danger zones. But here in a couple of weeks, we might be. And so when we talk about uh, the opportunity to have more hybrids, 
and and especially a straight uh, all-out EV vehicle from Subaru, I agree with you. I think the the demand will be there, uh, although we don't have the population or the regulations like a, a state like California and a so-called carbon state like California would have. I still think that the demand will be uh, quite high for an electric uh, Subaru. Uh, I'm with you there. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens, you know, with the incoming administration, if they're going to be expanding or renewing the the federal tax credits. Um, right now, there's a cap on how many cars you can sell to still receive that credit. And um, I mean, Subaru hasn't hasn't hit it yet, but but Tesla has. Uh, I think GM has with with the Bolt now. And so it's um, you're not getting that 7,500 anymore from the feds if you buy one of those models. Um, so I, I do hope that they expand on that. I, I would like to see Utah do some sort of tax credit themselves. Um, because it, it is needed to clean up the area. You know, you can see the inversion creeping in even today. Um, and if we don't get some storms rolling in or if we don't do something to clean up our air, it's we're all breathing this toxic soup in. So, yeah. uh, To that end, today's uh, report from the uh, Utah Department of Environmental Quality and Air Quality here in Salt Lake County, it's a moderate mark. Tomorrow's a moderate mark. Monday, though, is expected to be unhealthy for sensitive groups or orange if you're going by the color code. So today and tomorrow is yellow with uh, voluntary action today and mandatory action tomorrow on Monday. And what that means is today uh, here in Salt Lake County, we're asked to voluntarily not use uh, fuel burning devices, uh, reduce and stop open burning, reduce vehicle use. But on Sunday and Monday, those things will be mandatory actions. Uh, the, the or so-called no burn days to try and help out the uh, air pollutions and you can check out your county uh, at air.utah.gov slash forecast uh, but that's the salt lake county report for the next few days and why why is that if we're within the epa's threshold why is the uh, utah department of, of environmental quality uh, forecasting moderate over the next two three days it says that it's part of the agency's efforts to be proactive and get ahead of it before we're suddenly in a red zone. So while we might still technically be uh, flying under the radar of the EPA's thresholds here in the Wasatch Front, the local environment agency is getting ahead of it a little and saying, let's let's stay yellow or, or light orange before we suddenly get into a deep red situation and no one can breathe anything outside. The good news is, uh, George, we're all wearing masks already to begin with, hopefully. Uh, and so there you go. That you got some help. extra filtration. It's like <laughs> like smoking cigarettes with a filter now, you know. Yeah. So at least at least we're that that carcinogen is going through something before it enters our our lungs. Yes. Uh, but do you, do you look at that website a lot? Do you go to the Utah no, uh, environmental quality? I don't. Uh, this was probably of uh, the fifth time ever that I've ever been on that website which uh, I, I think I'll go on it more often now that it, it's becoming uh, – these storms just aren't rolling in uh, long enough or yeah. fast enough for us to, to not have to worry about it. I've got their app on my phone. Um, it's, a, it's a really neat app. It'll send you alerts when um, the air quality um, is forecasted to be bad, so you know kind of a couple of days ahead, like you said, to – take some action, maybe some voluntary action, reduce burning, reduce your trips. So we're not getting to those red zones because yeah, from what I understand the, the EPA threshold, they look at the overall yearly averages and, and determine if, if 
they categorize us as red or orange or, and they think we just dropped below that. Yes. Um, you know, the, the introduction of the new, uh, tier, tier three gas. Um, I think the combination of people maybe not driving as much because of, of COVID and, um, everybody working from home and things like that. Um, it has helped drive us down, but let's not get back up there. Let's not go back into the red. Let's, let's improve our, let's continue to do what we need to do. And in, and even as we get more plug-ins and, and electric cars, let's look at um, decarbonizing our our grid. You know, let's not just move the emissions from the tailpipe to the smokestack. Um, you know, because that's not going to help down the road with anything either. We need to we need to be doing both. So, I'm with you. I would there. like to yeah. see the the state get more involved with that for sure. Uh, Bo Call, the monitoring section manager for the department's division of air quality, he talked about the the most effective way to fight pollution is for motorists to seek the cleaner burning tier three fuel sold at a variety of gas stations, and if they have a choice, get behind the wheel of the newest car at their disposal, coupled with that tier three fuel. Uh, I don't. I'm not as versed in the tier three fuel, and I think the studies are still somewhat out on just how much of an impact uh, or how much of a difference that type of fuel can can help uh, reduce the pollution. But that's mostly because it's newer. Uh, we don't have a great sample size, but the experts, uh, George, and tell me if you know more about this than what I'm reading here, the experts suspect that the tier three fuel, especially when coupled with newer car models, is going to have a vast impact on the reduction of uh, traveling pollution here in our community. Yeah, and it, and it does. Um, according to the EPA, tier three standards slash the levels of oxides of nitrogen and VOCs by by up to 80%. Wow. And, and that does, like you said, it does matter what kind of car you're putting it in. The, the newer cars, they definitely have the electronics, they have the, the better um, emissions systems to where they can take advantage of these newer fuels and, and not pollute as much. Um, so yeah, the best thing you can do right now is if, if you already have a newer car, um, go fill it up with tier three fuel. And, and if you're, if you're able to, to upgrade your car, then, you know, do that as well, because that's also going to help. And, and if you use the tier three fuels, it's going to just uh, keep making our better. You can find a location for tier three fuel at tier3gas.org that's t-i-e-r the number three gas.org it's got a map that pops up there uh, on the locations and you just zoom into the one closest to you or put in your zip code or your address and it'll find you one but sinclair speedway exxon chevron texco shell those are the the types of places that i believe are selling tier three locally here and there's there's quite as you, as i look at this map of the Salt Lake Valley and up into Davis County and even Box Elder or uh, excuse yeah Box Elder County uh, and down into Utah County there's there's a lot of opportunity around to buy that tier 3 gas it's not rare you can find a spot probably on uh, the corner that's selling tier 3 gas currently yeah no absolutely good good point uh, definitely look for it where you can so let's do our part. Uh, even if it seems small, it does make a difference. And potentially, according to Bo Call of the DAQ, 
potentially huge difference could be made. All right, we'll take our first break here on Utah Car Sense, a NFL playoffs edition. We're getting geared up for the Bills Colts game to kick off here in about a half an hour. Eight five five three four zero zone though for your phone calls. We've got a standard oil change on the line for one lucky caller. Eight five five three four zero zone. Share a question, comment, story with us, or answer our poll question. The coolest car names of all time. We'll get to that list on the other side. Also, we'll give you uh, some logo branding news from a couple of uh, well-known car uh, businesses that are changing up their look. We'll get to that and more next on Utah Car Sense. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton here with George Roska, general sales manager of the Midtown Store, 3535 South State. You've also got the Southtown location and the Southtown Auto Mall down there with uh, Roger Parkin and his crew. So check out Mark Miller Subaru, Promise Price Program. It's the best way to buy your next vehicle. Trust me, I've done it twice, and that's the only place I'm going. Uh, it's it's easy and it's uh, fun, and that's what it should be uh, when you're buying a car and making that decision for you and yours. Uh, George, we are giving out a a uh, free standard oil change with pickup and drop-off within 20 miles to one lucky caller today. And the way to win that is to call in, share a question, a comment, a story, answer our poll question. We put your name in the drawing, and at the end of the show, one lucky caller will win that oil change courtesy of Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, and George Roska there. But uh, our poll question is, name the coolest car name that you that you can think of, the coolest car names of all time, or you can just share any question, comment, or story you've got with us. And we have a couple calls waiting. George, you ready to get out to the, the zone phone? Let's do it. Let's give out an oil change. Our guy Don is back on the show. Good morning, Don. Hey, Don. Good morning. Welcome back to the show. How can we help you? Uh, I'm going to tell you my favorite car name is bel air i like the bel air the bel air yeah. i like that uh, uh can, I, can i yeah go ahead can i tell you a quick funny story yes my friend owned a company called cathodic protection uh and he was driving in wyoming with his son and cathodic protection they they do under uh, they they protect gas lines underground and they were driving in Wyoming, and they came across a, a car that broke down. It had Minnesota license plates. So they pulled over and asked if they could help them. And the, the old folks in the car looked at them and said, oh, we're so grateful. We're Catholics, too. <laughs> they thought it was a, a AAA, kind of like a AAA. Uh-huh. And they said they saw cathodic. They thought that it was cathodic protection, Catholic protection. <laughs> and they, they helped them. Oh, that's funny. That's a, that's a true story. That's great. Thank you, Don. I appreciate you calling in and uh, and listening and telling that story. That is funny. Cathodic, Catholic. Hey, which whatever your religion is, if you're Catholic or Cathodic, uh, it's good to help people on the side of the road, isn't it, George? Absolutely. Help out anybody you can. Uh, are you a Roman Cathodic or just Catholic? I don't, I don't know. We'll get into so many jokes there. But what about the Bel Air? Do you, so that's a cool name for sure. Do you think it's a cool car? Was it a cool car? It's a beautiful car. I think it was, it was an absolutely awesome car. Um, I wish I had one, but uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen one in real life, so I was just uh, doing a little bit of Google searching, 
Um, but uh, yeah, it looks like they're made between 1950 and 1975. Uh, definitely the 50s were definitely the more beautiful versions of it. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a cool name too. Very sharp edges on the on the Bel Air. Uh, I love the look of the Bel Air. I really. I, if if I were a car collector, I would want a probably a 57 or so, uh, black with chrome and the big white rear fender. Uh, convertible yeah, I could see red Jay interior. Leno driving one of these down, you know, in 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 Los Angeles. I think Jay's got, down. I think he's got four or five of them actually, Jay Leno. <laughs> uh, nice. So there you go. I like the Beller. Back to the phone lines. Eight five five three four zero zone. Jeff is with us now. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, morning, hi. Jeff. I got the. Hi, I got two things. Uh, once an observation. I saw an old Legacy, uh, probably two thousands or something. I like got. I had a plow in the front. And the salt spreader in the back. Is, is that what you use there at the store, George, to uh, to plow the lot, the, the old legacy? You know, I wish I, I I would get like a Loyal or something, you know, because it's small and you can really get it in between all the rows and everything. But uh, now we've got we've got a big truck here at the lot. We've uh, got quite the the plowing we need to do. A legacy snow plow. I love it. Yeah. Well, the question is, uh, with all these electric cars coming up, with all these people. Look down the road about ten to twenty years. What are we going to do with all the battery acid and all the uh, contaminated plates? Yeah, it's a really good point. Uh, and and, as and this, what state are they going to dump it in? That's yeah. Which are they all going out to Dugway? I, I don't know where we're going to put all these old uh, discarded batteries. I hope there's a way to recycle and reuse, but I'm not sure. That's a really good point, Jeff. And uh, it's not an e- electric vehicle does not. Uh, necessarily mean you are completely clean from pollutants. That's absolutely true. Yep. Absolutely. Well, no, and it's a... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Unless they can make it like the batteries they put in your drills and everything, but uh, I haven't seen that yet. I don't know if they can do that anyway, so... Yeah, not yet. The ion, yeah, the, the lithium ion. I, and those are, of course, considerably smaller than a yeah. car, what, what you're talking about. So, But good yeah. point, good point. George, what were you going to say there? Oh no! I was actually going to say they're they're working on a new battery technology, um, and I think one of the reasons they've been you know so tight-lipped about um, some of these upcoming electric cars is that they are looking at, at different technologies for that. So one of the things coming up that uh, has really been drawing a lot of interest from not only you know Toyota but Volkswagen and some of the bigger European automakers is a is a solid-state battery. And, and what I mean by that is it's a it's battery technology uh, that uses solid electrodes um, instead of a liquid or polymer. Oh, okay. um, so you don't have the, the acid, basically. Um, they've been working on this technology for many, many, many years. Um, but <clears throat> lately, they've, they've had some breakthroughs in the type of materials that they can use to basically um, store the electrons in because, and I'm not that versed that well versed in the battery technology as as i should be really but um a a lot smarter people than than i am uh, are working on this and so i do think that that's being considered as you said the next 10 and 20 years as we move to probably 100 percent electric cars what are we going to do with all these batteries and and i think that is being worked on and being thought of that they're they're potentially a lot safer with higher energy densities and so you're not going to need as big of a battery to, to power the car um so Look, look forward to that. I think that's going to be the kind of catalyst to, um, to to make electric cars really a mainstream thing. Jeff, thanks for the call. And it introduces a, a conversation. I want to continue here with George 
because last week Jeff brought up while we were talking about electric vehicles in the future that he feels hydrogen self fuel cells uh, cars are, are on the way to being more mainstream as well. I am not a scientist. I don't know uh, exactly the the difference other than one's fueled by hydrogen and one's fueled by electric battery. Which do you think is more sustainable going forward and which will have a better impact on our environment, a hydrogen tank or a, a battery electric tank, or electric car? I actually think you're going to see both technologies um, go mainstream and they're going to have different applications. Um, just like right now you have, you know, big diesel trucks and you don't have, you know, diesel being really used a lot in, in small cars. I could see that same trend continue with electric, you know, where you're having your main passenger cars. If, if you're only needing a two, 300 mile range, um, that's, it's not going to be a, um, a, a hydrogen car, but I could see these big long haul trucks and, and really where hydrogen can be used is in, in transport of, of heavy goods, you know, in trains and, and, uh, 18 wheelers and, uh, forklifts and all these, uh, applications that maybe a, a, a small battery is not going to do the job and where you need the kind of the, the bigger um, impact of, of hydrogen where you have that same use now with diesel. Uh, well, the, the one thing about hydrogen is uh, I think it's, if not the most available, one of the most available uh, resources, but it's not available in its pure form. Uh, you, you have to extract it. You know, obviously, you have to uh, use things. You have to, for one example, to to take it from water. You have to. Uh, how do how do I put this simply? It's an expensive process. It uses a high amount of energy, and then you start impacting the environment to get the hydrogen in the first place to then put it into your car. So unless, I don't know, unless like Jeff said, for electric. Cars, the problem is we need the battery to not end up in a landfill, and we need to not be charging our cars on coal-powered power uh, to be exactly clean. And with hydrogen cars, we got to find a way to get that hydrogen from renewable sources like the sun or or a wind farm of some sort. And I just don't know how soon that will be. So while I'm with you, I do think hydrogen and electric cars are going to be more mainstream. I think we're several years, if not decades, away from absolutely, so to speak, off-the-grid, clean traveling uh, 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 options where you can say, I don't have a carbon footprint at all when I drive my car. I don't know how yeah, soon that will be. Yeah, we're a long, long ways away from that. Um, but, you know, we need to do the, the groundwork first. We need to uh, invest in the infrastructure. We need to come up with clean energy so that we can um, – you know, um, put the energy into hydrogen and not have it be worse for the environment than if we just burned regular gas in the first place. So, um, no, I'm, I'm with you. We're, we're decades away, but I'm excited about some of these new technologies coming up. And I'm excited that people are adopting, um, electric car technology because for, for many years, like, you know, you mentioned earlier, they didn't really want to drive an electric car. They didn't feel like it was the same as a regular car. It was a little bit of that golf cart feel or they didn't quite feel safe in it. And so um, I think I think now you're you're seeing that kind of go mainstream. And I think once, um, you know, once people start buying them, it, it's going to go quickly as far as the adoption rate goes. 855-340-ZONE. Thank you for the call, Jeff. Uh, Deborah is next up. Good morning, Deborah. Thank you for calling. Hi, Hi how are you? 
<laughs> We're terrific. How are you? How's yourself? I'm doing fine. Good. What can we um, do for uh, you today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I just called up to say what kind of car we like or my husband and I like. Yeah, well, we're looking for the coolest car names uh, that you can think of, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Dodge. <laughs> oh, you're going with the, the, the make. Okay, all right. So just yeah. any Dodge is what Deborah well, and the no. family drive. Car- caravans, actually. <laughs> the caravan. Okay, now yeah. I'll be honest, Deborah. When, uh, <laughs> I, when I put this poll question out there, I did not anticipate someone calling in and saying the coolest car name out there is Dodge Caravan. That that did not. I did not anticipate that. We don't hear that one a lot. But do you have a caravan? Is that why? Do you like it? Yeah, we've had several caravans. I'll tell you. uh, you I we had a caravan growing up, and I loved it. Uh, It it was a a fun family car, uh, but we beat the crap out of that thing. And I, I, yeah. that's that's what happens in family vans. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for calling, Deborah. Thanks well, for thank listening. Thank you. Deborah is entered along with Don and Jeff into the drawing for that free standard oil change at the end of the show. That's how it's done. Get into the drawing now. Eight five five three four zero zone. Be part of the show, George. Uh, while we wait for our next call, let me read you some of these names that Motor Trend. They've got the fifteen coolest car names in their opinion now they haven't labeled them one through 15 it's just 15 cool car names the lamborghini diablo is their number uh, is their first pick i should say although they don't really rank it but they do give it top billing here the the diablo of course in spanish meaning devil uh and it, it intimidating i did not realize uh, or uh, that it had a v12 engine in the lamborghini diablo v12 Wow. Is there any other way that you have your Lamborghinis other than with a V12? Well, I, I thought maybe 10-cylinder. 12? <laughs> Unbelievable. I think, I think the Diablo was the last V12 that they did. Uh, I'm sure that's really good for fuel efficiency. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the Lamborghini You get Diablo. gallons per miles, not miles per gallon. <laughs> that's that exactly car. right. But, hey, if you've got a Lamborghini Diablo, you win. That's really cool. They also yeah, like I don't think uh, fuel economies at the top of your uh, of your mind there. <laughs> now this is fun. This list is fun because it goes from, I mean, that super sports car, the Lamborghini. Their next, uh, it goes from that to an everyday type vehicle, not in price, obviously, but from the Lamborghini Diablo, they go to the Ford F one fifty Raptor, for the name, of course. Uh, and I like the Raptor a lot with that. It's got that Shelby. Uh, engine makeup, uh, of course, uh, it's just way too expensive for a truck, man. And trucks are expensive as is, but when you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm not buying a truck for that. I'm sorry. I, I'd be no, buying. I'm no, buying they, a, a super sport car like a Lamborghini at that point. Yeah, but they are cool to drive. Those Raptors, oh, they're amazing. Just the sound they make that that supercharger kicks in. Yeah. It's awesome. And I love the name, too. Raptor. How can you go wrong? And then one more before we get back out to the phone lines. And, again, there's 15 of these. We'll spread this out uh, over the course of the show today. But their third mention is Ferrari Testarossa, which do you do you speak Italian, George? I don't speak Italian. um, But, yeah, that's a cool name, the Testarossa. Testarossa. It, it, of course, Testa coming from the Italian word uh, head, Rosa. The, the, the Italian word for red, 
You've got, a, it literally means redhead in Italian, inspired by the red finish of Ferrari valve covers, but no matter what color it is, the Testarossa looks handsome. So they've got the Testarossa on there. Back out to the phone lines, 855-340-ZONE. Norm has been waiting. Hi, Norm. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, my uh, favorite car is the Shelby Cobra. I named my daughter Shelby. Wow. And when she went to one of her uh, job interviews with machinists and stuff like that, she says, my name's Shelby. <laughs> and they says, oh, they says, Shelby, like the Cobra, the car. And everybody went, oh, all right. Good name. My favorite car is the Cyclone, Mercury Cyclone. Ooh, that's a cool and, name. Yeah. And it was set up like a race car, you know, a quarter-mile car. Yes, yes, And yes. my brothers would always come and ask me to, hey, can I borrow your car? And they'd go out and race it. And one time a, a gal was on her bicycle riding down the side of the road, and they reached out and spanked her. Well, two weeks later, she spots me, comes up and slaps me. And I'm like, what's that for? So I had to get after my brothers about that one. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's uh, <clears throat> not okay. Absolutely, but especially <laughs> making people think it was you. But I've... I'm going to restore a Cyclone and uh, put a 460 motor in it. So that's what we're, the plan is. Anyway, on the uh, the hydrogen cars, yeah. they've done the fuel cells, you know, where their, their electricity is produced by the alternator. And companies have gone into business doing this and putting this on cars. The only problem is the patent owner finds out about it, comes in and sues it, and takes all the money and closes the business down. Mm, mm, I see. So a lot of these problems that we're finding with hydrogen and, and add-ons to different things is the, the patent owners. They want their money, and they want it now. And so it puts a kibosh on everything else that's going on. That's a good point. It's another factor there. Absolutely. Thanks for pointing that out, Norm. What do you, what do you make of that there, George, uh, that, that point from Norm about the, the, patent, the patent situation? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to, to consider and uh, probably not a lot of people think about when it comes to, okay, well, what's holding up all this innovation? Well, yeah, maybe somebody does own that patent and they're not interested in bringing it to market. They're more interested in just collecting royalties off it. And you see that a lot in the in the tech industry um, where people have just an obscure patent on a way to do you know video chat or something and yeah. they, they don't have any innovation because of that. So I wouldn't surprise me. I'd, I'd need to look into it more, see kind of who owns those patents and uh, kind of go from there. But yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. My, uh, and as to the, the Mercury Cyclone, hold tight, Mark, we'll get to you after this comment. Uh, my grandparents had a toy car that I would play in their sandbox and in their backyard with all the time. It, not like a Hot Wheels size, but it was more like, I don't know, it wasn't a Barbie car, but it was the same size as a Barbie car and it was hard plastic and it was a Cyclone. A mercury cyclone. So that's near and dear to my heart, and I, I like that uh, that Norm pointed that one out as when we're talking about cool car names. Back out to the phone lines, 855-340-ZONE. Mark is next on the show. Good morning. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Just wanted to tell you, uh, I think the most you know, correct name was a Volkswagen Beetle because it looked like the Beetle. Uh, my favorite one right now is the Forester, just because that car looks like it could drive up a mountain. Need, you know, needed to be at a fifteen or twenty percent incline at all times. Yeah. Okay. So the names that the, fit uh, with what the vehicle looks like and what what it can do. There you go. I also got a funny story. One time, a friend of mine and I were driving down the interstate, and we started coming up on a car. 
And we both started talking, that is the ugliest car I've ever seen. I can't believe anybody would drive a car that ugly. And we get up to it. His last name was Jensen. And of course, this was a Jensen car. And it, <laughs> we, we both laugh about it still. You know, hey, I saw an ugly car the other day and I thought of you. <laughs> was it was it an yeah. Interceptor or, or just a, a, do you remember the, the model? I don't remember the model. It was 30 years ago and neither one of us had ever heard of a Jensen. Yeah, yeah. But, it, it, you know, at, at that time it was the ugliest car ever and we just thought it was funny that we didn't we get up on it. It's a Jensen, and yeah, it was funny. Yeah, uh, you'll see a lot of Jensens in old British uh, shows rolling around the British right. countryside. I've, yeah. I've seen a lot more of them, and I've learned more about them since then, but, yeah. you know, we'd never heard of the car. Yeah. I, I was 18, so, you know, I didn't know <laughs> very much. But Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Mark, thanks for calling in. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's right. The Beetle, the Volkswagen Beetle, it looks like a little Beetle crawling along the highway there. Uh, and the the Forester, you definitely can go foresting in a Subaru Forester, George. Yeah, and go hit the outback in an outback, or ascend a mountain in an ascent. There you go. Uh, now, impress an Impreza. I don't know what is that about. I don't. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> this is a Gordon Monson segment. All of a sudden, we'll we'll move on from that. Eight five five three four zero zone. If you want to be part of the show. You'll be entered to win that uh, oil change at the end of the show. We've got Don, Jeff, Deborah, Norman, Mark in the drawing so far. You still have pretty good odds. So get in your phone calls now, 855-340-ZONE. We'll continue our list of cool car names on the other side. We'll also talk about a shortage in the automaker industry, but it's not necessarily a, t- a piece of, of equipment you would immediately think of. And one of your favorite cars from pop culture is for uh, going up for sell. That and more in Hour 2 of Utah Car Sense next.